Hi, this is John from Prodigal Church. We want to thank you for listening to this week's teaching. The best way to watch and listen is through our Prodigal mobile app, available at your app store. We hope you are moved to love God and others in a greater way. Now, let's dive right into this week's teaching. To you, is Prodigal Church more like a cruise ship or a battleship? That is the question I would like you to ponder today. And let me begin by painting the picture of two different days, okay? Uh, Day one begins, you wake up and it seems like all the stresses and worries of the world come flooding in right when you open your eyes. All the issues and, and things going on in your life and you could get easily stressed out and discouraged, but instead you pray silently, Lord, I can't bear all this weight. I know that you can. And you begin your day and you wake up to take it on. On your way to work, you try to get on the freeway and you're on the on-ramp and as you are pulling onto the freeway, there's another car that is refusing to let you in. If you slow down, they're going slow too. If you speed up, they speed up. And so you're getting stuck onto the edge of the freeway and you want to pull over, drive up to this guy and tell them that they are number one. You want to show them just one finger, tell them that they're number one, but you don't. Instead, you remember that you yourself are sometimes an inconsiderate driver and are oblivious to your surroundings. And instead, you put on your favorite song and you shake it all the way to the office. And when you get to the office, you're happy. You uh, do have a little bit of a difficult boss, but you remind yourself that there are a lot of people who don't have jobs in this economy. And so you work hard. At the end of the day, you're driving home, you realize that you've got a, a card to send to a friend. They, they live out of state. You got to get their card. Their birthday is this next week. And so you're tired. You want to go home, but you stop at Save Mart. And there's no parking spot. So of course you have to park all the way on the other side and it's 110 outside. And so uh, you have to walk all the way across the hot parking lot to get to Save Mart. And as soon as you're getting ready to enter and right before those fans kick on and just blow air into your face, uh, you realize you forgot your mask. You know it's a small inconvenience, but you walk all the way back and sweat across the parking lot, put the mask on, go and buy a card, and you find the funniest, perfect card just for your friend. You put it in the mail, you get home, you crash on the couch, exhausted but thankful to be alive. Okay, Day number two, you wake up. You're worried about all the problems and difficulties you have in life. And over breakfast, you vent in frustration about how it's not your fault and it's somebody else's fault. You get in your car, and as you get onto the freeway on-ramp, some kid in a Toyota Tercel won't let you get on the freeway. He's not a kid. He is a messenger from Satan. And once you get on the freeway, you just want to tell him that, you, that he is number one. You get to work again and again. You're reminded how much of a jerk the boss that you work for, and you spend all your mental energies picturing what it would like to be at a better job, at a different job, working for someone else. Uh, and on your way home, you realize that it's your friend's birthday who lives out of state. It's their birthday next week, and you've got to send them a card soon. So you, go, you get to Save Mart. You don't want to. There's no parking. You go all the way across the parking lot. You walk in. You realize you forgot your mask. So you take a deep breath, and you put your shirt over your mouth, and you run in there, grab the first card you see. It's a get well soon card. And then you pay for it. You put it in the mail. You get home exhausted, tired, hating your life. What's the difference between those two days? Because I'll tell you this, the content of those two days are exactly the same. What has changed is the person's attitude, the person's focus, what they choose to keep in the center of their mind. 
when we choose the right focus, we are partnering with the Holy Spirit and allowing God to move in our life and move us in our lives in a greater way. And I believe this is true for how we view church, and in particular, how we view prodigal church. Are we a cruise ship or are we a battleship? How you choose to view the church will ultimately determine the fate of the church. There's this crazy story in the book of 2 Kings 17. These people are on this journey, and every time they go on this journey, lions attack them and kill some of them. Every time they try and set out to make it from point A to point B, lions attack them and kill some within their party. So they go to God, they start praying for God to protect them from the lions. And God actually responds, and they begin to receive protection from these lion attacks. And the Bible says something later on in that chapter that really struck me. It stuck with me. It says this in 2 Kings 17, verse 41, even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. They, in essence, said, God, I want just enough of you to keep the lions away. I want just enough of you so there won't be any more attacks. God, I want to be connected to you, but I don't want to be committed to you. And a lot of times, that's what happens in church. I just want enough God to keep the devil away. I want God's blessing. I want God's favor. I'll do the bare minimum to make sure that the lions stay away. And like those in 2 Kings 17, we have a respect for God, but we don't have a love for God that moves us into a life of service and sacrifice. And that's not the way of Jesus. That's not the way of the cross. Sometimes we're connected, but we're not committed. There was a man sitting down eating his breakfast, and he had bacon and he had eggs, a very delicious and kind of nutritious breakfast. And the question was posed, who made the greater sacrifice, the chicken or the pig? And the response was, well, the chicken was involved, but the pig was committed. Are we connected or are we committed? At Prodigal, are you a guest or are you a family member? Because as family members, we ask the question, how can I help? How can I help Prodigal Church be the kind of church that I love and feel comfortable inviting my friends, family, and coworkers uh, to be a part of? How can I help unlock Prodigal's potential in our community? Last week, I was at Panera at River Park and I was wearing a Prodigal Church t-shirt. And by the way, all of our Prodigal Church t-shirts are now just five bucks, so pick one up on your way out or at um, any of our Sunday morning services on your way in. And that's my wardrobe most days, uh, a Prodigal t-shirts. And as we, uh, I'm at Panera, I'm wearing this Prodigal shirt, and the worker said, oh, I love that church. Um, I, that, that, that church is awesome. And I go, oh, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, do I know this person? And she asks, do you attend Prodigal Church? And I said, well, yeah, I'm actually the lead pastor there. And she goes on to tell me how someone from our church um, has given her a shirt that I, like, that, like the one I was wearing and that she invites her all the time and that she just loves the church, that her, her friend loves this church. And I thought that was great. She had never been to our church, but she loved our church because her friend loved our church and gave her a shirt and invited her. I think that's wonderful. How do you talk about prodigal? Or better yet, how do you move from talking about prodigal as the church I go to, the church I attend, to this is my church? That there's some ownership, there's this sense of responsibility, a sense of your role to play 
in what we call prodigal church because we cannot create a healthy church full of only consumers, right? People who simply consume the mission of prodigal church rather than participating in the mission of prodigal church. And that's what I want to encourage you with today, this weekend, this fall. Could you be a participant in the mission of prodigal church rather than just attend? And the reason we can't be only a consumer church, because consumers will desert you the moment's notice when they, because they have no commitments beyond meeting their own needs. If everyone comes to prodigal to just get your needs met, who's doing all the need meeting? Are we a cruise ship or are we a battleship? Now, I'm sure you can see where we're going here, right? We're encouraging you to serve, to be a greater part of Prodigal and be a greater part of Prodigal becoming the place that God has called us to be. But here's the thing. It's not simply something that will grow the church. It will grow you. You grow when you serve. How, how can you grow and how can you serve are the answer to the same question. They work together. Your personal growth towards Jesus helps us as a faith community and us thriving as a faith community helps your faith in Jesus. It's a win-win. Your growth is dependent on the health of our church and the health of our church is dependent upon your growth. It's different sides of the same coin. School teacher who was bypassed for a promotion went to her administrator and said, I have 20 years experience and you promoted someone who only has five years teaching experience. And the administrator replied, no, you don't have 20 years of experience. You have, you have one year of experience 20 times. You're still doing the same exact things in the same exact ways that you did 20 years ago. You have not grown in your profession. And the question can be posed to us about our faith in Jesus. Jesus wants us to develop and to grow and to become effective representatives of himself. Are you the same Christian you were five years ago, seven years ago, 20 years ago? What areas can you grow in? Is it in service? Is it in love? Is it in generosity? Is it in being a blessing to others? God wants you to grow. He loves you too much to keep you the same. He doesn't want you to stay the same. He wants you to move. He wants you to follow him. That's why Jesus always says, follow me, not stay right there. It is a journey of growth. And sometimes there's, it's an uphill. And sometimes it's downhill. And, 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 but the views are unbeatable when we follow Jesus. He transforms our character, not just so we can be better people, but so that we can bless people. He transforms our character, not just so we can be better people, but so that we can bless other people. On Sunday afternoons, I am so tired. I think that's true for all the staff here at Prodigal Church. And it's, it's pretty true for, for most church workers and pastors that I know of, that they are exhausted on Sunday afternoons. In the fall, uh, I always record the Chiefs games or they're, they're on in the afternoon. And so um, I'm, I get home from church and I have every intention to watch Patrick Mahomes throw 80-yard bombs at Tyreek Hill. And at, sometimes, shamefully so, as I'm watching the Chiefs game, my eyes get very heavy and I actually fall asleep. Okay, I'm, I'm, maybe I have a nightmare. It's playing in the background. A, a nightmare that Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. And I wake up in a cold sweat. No, no. It was only a dream. A terrible, terrible dream. I'm that tired. Okay. The point is, doing what I do on Sunday mornings is exhausting. It takes a lot out of me. That's my rhythm. 
That's most pastor's rhythm. In Matthew 5-7, through Jesus teaches a sermon on the mountainside. It's the greatest sermon ever told, right? The Sermon on the Mount. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. We talked about it. We did a sermon series in it last September. Uh, and so after Jesus finished this sermon, he is very likely super exhausted. So Jesus leaves the stage in, uh, after the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew 8, we pick up the story. It says this, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. So Jesus finishes this sermon, and the crowds won't leave him alone. And Jesus has compassion on them. And then Jesus walks to the town of Capernaum. Okay? He doesn't hop in a cab. Uh, there's no bus ride. He walks to Capernaum, and he's tired. In fact, in the very next chapter, we find Jesus asleep in a boat in the middle of a raging storm. Okay? And he's, that's how tired Jesus is, sleeping in the middle of a raging storm. Okay? So he arrives in Capernaum to the apostle Peter's house. And verse 14 says this, When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. Now, this, this word for fever here, it's not just 100.1. It's not 99.8. Okay? In Greek, Peter's mother-in-law is literally on fire. Okay? The word is pureso, and it means to be on fire. Okay? She's burning up, and Jesus is exhausted. But what does he do? Verse 15, he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. What? Let's read that again. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. Now, Jesus is serving in the middle of his own tiredness, but look what the woman does. She's on fire, right? She was burning up in her house. This woman who was so sick just moments ago and in bed, she has been touched by Jesus and moments later, she is now serving in the very place where she was sick. Did you catch it? In the place where God heals you, he will empower you to bring healing to another person. What I want us to hear is that God wants to meet you in your fever, to touch you, to heal you, to move you, so that then you can be the healing touch of Jesus in the lives of others. That is so true for us, for you, for me right now. Has prodigal been a place of healing for you? In that same place, can you help be a place of healing for someone else? In this season at Prodigal Church, and I think this is really true for most every church that I speak with, most people want everything kind of open, right? Things have been closed for a long time with corona, and they want everything open. They want it like the way it was. Student ministries, nursery, kids ministry, all the stuff that we have set up on Sundays, we want it like it was. But often in this season people aren't quite ready to serve in those areas themselves, right? And so if we're honest, in this season, our staff and current volunteers have been burning it on both ends. Have everything open for everyone else. And it's been a great blessing to be back together in person indoors and to have all these ministries open for everyone. But if we are to continue to grow as a church, if we are to continue to be a force of love in this world and in our community, if our potential is to be unlocked in this world, we need you. And I really believe this, serving is transformative for you. Serving others is transformative for us. 
I have been in ministry for 25 years, and I have heard countless faith stories, and almost all of them share a common denominator, a common thread. They'll, they'll say something like, well, and then I started serving in Sunday school, or then I took this step of faith, and then I went on this missions experience, and then I got involved in this small group, or then I started leading a small group. When my faith became about other people and not just about me, that's when real transformation happened. There's a story of a wise and kind king who had one narrow road leading into his city. And he wanted to see if anyone in his kingdom was as kind as he was. So he had his men put a rather large and heavy stone in the middle of the road to block it. Then he hid in the bushes so he could see people's reactions to this unexpected roadblock. Unexpected inconvenient roadblock. And all day long, people passed by back and forth, but nobody bothered to move it. They would just scoot to the side. They would go around it, all the while cursing the king for having the stone there. Finally, late in the day, an old and poor farmer came by. He was on his way to the marketplace to sell a few vegetables. When he got to the stone, he laid down his load and began to move it. It took all of his strength and a good amount of time, but he finally moved it to the other side of the road so that others could go by unobstructed. And by then he was very tired. So he sat down on the stone to catch his breath. And as he sat there, he saw a purse that had been under the stone. He picked it up and opened it to see if anyone could, he, so he could find out who it belonged to. And there was a note and 50 pieces of silver. The note said the money belonged to anyone who was kind enough to move the stone so others could have a clear road. The farmer did what he knew he should do without griping, without muttering, and he was handsomely rewarded by the king. There is a reward in doing something for the benefit of others. And it's not treasure or gifts or recognition, but a life of love, an example of sacrifice, a placing of others of as greater importance than yourself. You are modeling the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. You are modeling the heartbeat and the vision for prodigal church, loving God and loving others. Is prodigal church a cruise ship or a battleship? Is prodigal a place of weekly entertainment? Good music, some funny stories, a bit of inspiration. Or is prodigal an eclectic group of liars, dreamers, misfits, saints, and sinners, all trying to follow Jesus, to be a force of love, to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? I believe we're on a mission. I believe we're not just cruising. And I believe that you have a role to play in that. And I believe it helps you in your faith. We need you. We don't need you to try and be someone else. We need you. The ancient mystic Zerusa said this, when I die, God is not going to say, why weren't you more like Moses? He'll say, why were you not more like Zerusa. There's a church in San Diego. The, their passion is that if, if someone has a passion within their church, they want to empower them to use that for God's kingdom. No matter what their gift is, no matter what their passion is, they want to find a creative way to use it. And they challenged the church. They said, whatever your passion is, let us know. We'll find a way for you to use that for the kingdom of God, to advance the mission of his church. And so people would bring up all these random ideas and they would find creative, beautiful ways to use those to bring about more love and goodness in our world. And I thought that's amazing. 
And they told us that they told me about this, this amazing woman who her gift was making dolls. And they're like, that's, that's, that's a unique gift. We're going to figure out how we can use that to bless people. And so, so she makes all these dolls. And they put little notes in the hands of these dolls. And they put one of these dolls in every single police car in San Diego. So that when there was a domestic dispute, where there was children who were hurting and crying and sad about their family, uh, these police officers would be able to give a doll with a little note saying that God loves you to these children. This woman who has a random gift of making dolls is blessing countless families in the middle of crisis, trials, and suffering. That's beautiful. Even the tiniest thing you contribute will be of immense value to the family of God. We value the diversity of gifts. We don't need another John. We need you. We want you to be fully you. Whatever your gifts, whatever your abilities, there's room for them here at Prodigal Church. You bear the image of God no matter what you look like. Do you play the banjo? Okay. We could use you in the worship, right? Use some of your bluegrass skills to build the kingdom of God. Do you play the bagpipes? Did you grow up in Scotland playing the big peeps? Bring them to church. We'll find a way to use your bagpipes. Sounds awesome. Do you play the accordion? Okay, leave it at home. We're good without that one, okay? You play that one in your own house um, with the doors closed. Uh, whatever gifts you have or no skills whatsoever, we'll teach you. Running lights. Are you frustrated when slides don't line up, right? When the singer is saying a line and the words are different on the screens, you can be a part of fixing that, okay? You can be the person who runs slides. Maybe you want to serve in nursery or elementary school or student ministries. We need you. We need you to use your time, your talents, your treasure for us to be all that God has called us to be. So we want to encourage you, you can download all this information on the app. Uh, if you download our app in uh, any of your app stores, you can uh, just go to the volunteer page and scroll down to the bottom, and there's a form there with a lot of different opportunities. And you can even write in some uh, gifts that are, or passions that you have, and we are going to try and find a place for you to use that for the kingdom of Jesus. I'll close with this. Very famous story in the Gospels. It's one of the few stories that's mentioned in every one of the Gospels. It's when Jesus feeds the 5,000. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record a version of this story. And Jesus and his disciples have had a busy day. And the crowds by the thousands are following him. It's getting late. Everyone's hungry. There's no Chick-fil-A. There's no Robertitos. There's no in and out So the disciples ask Jesus for something. They say, send them away to go get food. They themselves are hungry. But they say, send the crowds away so that they can go get food. But Jesus responds by asking them. He says, you, get, you feed them. Us feed them? You want us to feed them? We have so little to offer. We only have five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus says something so simple and so profound and so for us here today, right now, wherever you're listening, whether you're on a run or in your car or you're driving, you're watching it on your TV, you're watching it on, on your phone, we're not sure, but God is, wherever you are, God's, Jesus is saying this to you. Bring them here to me. Bring to me what you have. This is the invitation that Jesus gives to his disciples. Bring me your five loaves and your two fish. And this is what Jesus smiles and says to us today. Bring me what you have. Bring me what you have. You, you want me to do something? I want you to participate. 
You want me to do something big. You want me to do something big for the next generation. You want me to do something big in this community and in this world through prodigal. You've been praying for change. Jesus says, I want you to participate. So bring me what you have. Bring me what you have. Here's how the story ends. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Here's what I want you to see. These guys did what they knew how to do. Here's lunch. And then they trusted that Jesus knew what he was up to. And that's it. They did what they knew how to do. And then they trusted Jesus for the rest of it. And something extravagant and remarkable happened. That's still true today. See, the Gospels are not just about these great stories about what Jesus did. They're about what Jesus still does. And he multiplies generosity in us. And he multiplies what we give him. Here's what I believe. I believe that there is someone whose life, whose child, whose marriage, whose grandchild, whose faith will be changed once you step up, once you decide to help out in the local church, and once you make what you have available to Jesus. And when you walk up to Jesus and you hand him your lunch, I believe that your yes helps unlock stories that are still untold that are yet to be told, to bring about more goodness and beauty and truth and love and mercy and compassion and adventure in our world. And he wants you to be a part of it. He wants me to be a part of it. Jesus is saying, bring me what you got. You do what you can only do and I'll do what I can only do. And you'll be amazed at what we can do together. Let's do this together, prodigal, in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for prodigal church for the vision that you have given us to be a church that focuses in on you, that isn't just about uh, leaving this earth and going to heaven, but rather bringing heaven to earth, a place that helps the needy and hurting in our world, a place that is real and honest, a place where you belong before you believe. God, in a place of diverse gifts and diverse people, so God, I pray that you would help us to become that in a greater way and that those listening, those watching would also help us and help to become the people you've called us to be. So Jesus, shape us, move us into a life of service. Even when we're tired, even when we're busy, even when we're struggling, may we choose a different focus. May we focus in on the local church being a battleship that makes a dent in darkness and, and bringing about light Instead of a cruise ship where we're entertained for 30 minutes or an hour on Sundays, we need you in Jesus' name. Amen. We encourage you to, for more information on volunteering or any questions you might have, to visit prodigalchurchfresno.com or you can download the Prodigal app and um, uh, contact us through that. Uh, in our in-person services, we have a volunteer rush right now where there is slides and music and then there's all these booths. It's a lot like Rush Week for sororities and fraternities, except for there's no booze. And uh, you can find different places to serve throughout our church. And uh, there's snow cones as well. And so if you're watching this early in the morning, feel free to come by um, after church today around 11 o'clock as we celebrate together. And you can sign up in person or you can register digitally online. Thanks for joining us at Prodigal Church Fresno. Next week is week one of our brand new sermon series called Traders, and we can't wait. Peace in the Middle East. Let you like pina colada